we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And today we are inside of the facilities of Anton Park. Really, really nice building over here. And what, what would you call this, Mike Ashland? Is this like Ashland? We're south of Ashland. South of Ashland. city proper. South of Ashland, but what, north of Richmond, though. We are definitely north of Richmond. Well, to, to, it's Bass Pro Shops. is just up the road. Bass Pro Shops. That'll give you an idea. So that'll give you an idea of where we are. And it's a really, really nice building. Really clean and really new looking, dude. I, think, I, I love this place. How and long I, has it been here? About three years. Okay. This building, the other two have been around a bit longer. Yeah, right. I, I watched the construction when y'all took over. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, since we are in Anton Park, we're talking to somebody from Anton Park. But before we get to him, I want to remind you guys to check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the handle HenricoCTE, also HenricoCTE.com to stay up to date on us and see all the cool stuff that we got going on uh, during this time of year and throughout the whole entire year, okay? Uh, Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on our host is anchor.com. Um, you can also go to Apple's uh, podcast venue, Spotify, uh, Google, tons and tons of them. We're, right. we're on there. Got you covered. Got you covered. Any way you want to listen, however you want to listen, you can listen to him right. Go CTE now. All and right. How do all of our international listeners? Oh, hello. Hello. They're still hello. out there. And they're, and they're growing, right? Yeah. International listener, listener list yes. mounting. We're, we've also slipped the bonds of the Virginia State Board because we've got California oh, is wow. the, the most listens wow. of the Cali- rest of the 50 states. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. California A. California A. Yes. I like how you put that right there. <laughs> so East Coast, but most of our listens come from the West Coast and internationally. Yeah. Okay, all right, you know, cool. And we've and even got some new visits because of our Idaho guests that we had oh, a few yeah, weeks ago. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to mm-hmm. them. And, uh, yes, thank uh, you for being on the show with thank, us. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. But without further ado, I think I said that correctly. I think I said correctly. Correctly? Yes, yes you did. Thank you, you for checking. You can add a, a lead on correctly. <laughs> or correct, right? Okay, I don't know. All right, the English segment of the show is over. All right, let's get <laughs> let's get to our guests here. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what you do here at Anton Parr? Uh, sure. All right, so my name is uh, Dalton Eckerd, and the English segment is over. We're going to get into the science segment now. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Parr is a scientific instrumentation company. We make, sell, build, support the tools scientists, engineers, people in industry use day-to-day to solve simple or very complex problems. So uh, what I'm doing with Anton Parr is we're in the process of putting together an apprenticeship program, and uh, we're, we're looking for those fabulous apprentices to come join in and the, spread the good word of science. All right. Talk, talking about that apprenticeship program, you guys got an opportunity to come out to what we had a couple months ago, the Life Ready Expo. Uh, what were your opinions on that? It was it was a lot. Uh, <laughs> so get there, and it's just fantastic that they actually had the students like serving meals because they were the ones making them right so it's like showing skills right off the bat and i was very surprised with not only how many students and employers were there but how many students were there with resumes like really looking at career possibilities and showing what they're already capable of it wasn't just a general conversation hi my name's dalton we do stuff it's (laughs) this is what you're interested in we do that too now we can actually have a full conversation about 
what a possible future for you could look like. It's a great, great event. Yeah, yeah. and and having um, students from you know middle school all the way to high school really gave uh, a wide range of opportunities to talk to to businesses about um, you know what type of opportunities that those companies are offering even for somebody of, at their age or what letting them know what it is they've got to do to be ready to go to work with them whether it's after high school after college or even a summer internship or so yeah you know i say this every single time we talk about life ready expo but what better exposure than oh, to yeah. go there and talk to folks mm-hmm. you know what i mean who are doing uh, something that you may maybe think you want to be doing and another opportunity is to see other things that you maybe not have you maybe not did not think about prior to coming to the life ready expo all right but on the topic of building careers let's talk about your career dalton how did you get started, man? Tell us about, take us through the Dalton Eckerd career path. <laughs> sure. the, the book of Dalton. The take book of Dalton. The, the book That's, of Dalton. Uh, yep. Yeah, kind of an awkwardly <laughs> written book. I'm not good at the English lesson. Yeah, look, look, Dalton, but you, you, you'll find that most of them are. Like everybody's yeah. career path. And I think that's the point of us, you know, asking this question to show kids that it's not necessarily always like a straight line. I started here mm-hmm. and I ended up here. Yep. Sometimes it's, you know, takes all kinds of turns. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're really harsh turns. Really harsh turns as well. Yeah. But you end up where you need to be in the in at the end. But go ahead, Dalton. Yeah, I was actually told this is interesting. It's funny what like sticks with you mm-hmm. when you're in like middle school and high school. I remember having some like random guy come in talk about like career readiness, and he literally drew a squiggly line and a straight line through it, and he said, <laughs> "Guess what? The straight line's a bit quicker to the other point, but they both got there." Yeah, they both got there. So exactly. that's it's exactly what uh, a lot of career paths look like. Mine it was a lot more like the straight line. Um, mostly because I've always been interested in the sciences. So uh, the, I guess, uh, sampler platter that it would be the Career Ready Expo was something that I already would know what I'm trying to bite on. But a lot of other students be like, oh, man, I'm really interested in X, Y, and Z. And now I just learned about other other new letters. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, my career path, I actually studied physics for a very long time. I was interested in physics in high school, studied physics as a major in college, and studied more physics beyond that in uh, graduate school. And right out of graduate school, I walked into the door for Anton Parr because I was doing some research and the closest geographic place that had an x-ray source was Anton Parr. Did a little work here and then I think, I don't actually know if I'm an employee here, I just stayed around. And they, <laughs> just hung around people just got bit. used to you. Yeah. They, they just got used to me. He's a Dalton kid, he's, he's all right. He's, he's not on the payroll, but I think he's got a key or something. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> key to the cash box. <laughs> But, but in reality, I ended up uh, as a, uh, what we call a product specialist here, that is a, someone who would work with the technology in very unique ways, work with customers who are using it for unique ways, and try to really elevate the use of it, as well as troubleshoot for those that are newer to it, teach courses on the science. I was uh, what's called a rheologist. That's a word you will probably not hear again for a while. But basically, I study the fluid properties of complex materials. Okay. So uh, if you think of something like silly putty, is it a solid or a liquid? Really ambiguous. And that's the kind of material that I work with day to day. And uh, a lot of companies make bizarre materials. Uh, is it is it a solid or a liquid? That's a good question. All right. We'll, we'll do a quick science lesson. So it, it's called a viscoelastic material. It's both. Oh, wow. Uh, under short time frames, if you throw it at the ground, it bounces. Uh-huh. That's a solid response. It's a solid under short time frames. But long time frames, it'll take the shape of its container. It's a liquid. Wow. Most materials that are not pure water or pure steel display some kind of trait like that. It's called viscoelasticity or a non-Newtonian fluid. So add that to your thesaurus, guys. So so I bet you weren't expecting that answer, were you? <laughs> that was odd. Yeah. But 
I think it's a great I think, answer, though. I think I'm smarter for it. I think. Yes. I think I am. Well, uh, go ahead, though. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting his story. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure my parents think I make, like, yogurt or something. They're like, it just makes, like, weird, gooey things. So... <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, uh, yogurt and toothpaste are the ones that uh, I, I'm pretty sure my family just thinks I make. But I did that for a couple of years, and sh- about a year ago, I actually took a position in sales here. So yes, we support the instruments, we fix them up, but first we put them in place. So a lot of companies who are interested in things like literally toothpaste or yogurt, like Procter & Gamble, food companies, they need this technology. They might just not know what's out there. So I started doing sales, travel around the country a little bit. Um, Got to talk with very interesting people, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, we need a lot more people who are interested in the sciences. You like teaching? You want to try out a, an apprenticeship program? And uh, here I am. <laughs> so this has only been the past couple of years. Uh, started with Anton Parr in 2016. So Wow, uh, and growth. Yes, growth. That's, that's definitely even, this company does. Can't even call it exponential growth either. Because I think you mentioned before we got on the podcast, you was like, how, how long have you been here? You said? 2016. Uh, since yeah, 2016? So about four years. About four years. So you said you've had like what, a different job title at all every single uh, one of those uh, years. Pr- pretty just much, about, yeah. Just about. <laughs> Bounces around a lot. It's fun. <laughs> uh, so talk to us a, a little bit about, I know you mentioned a little bit about what Anton Parr was, but can you just break it down a little bit further? When you see Anton Parr, what do people have to understand to really get the grasp of what the company is and what they do. So Anton Parr is a company that makes scientific tools. So a a simple question that we would answer is, say you have something from Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is water, sugar, color, carbon dioxide. And you look at the bottle of Coca-Cola and it says this has so much sugar in it. How do they know that? Well, yeah, you can read the food label. That's how we know. But how do they know that? And there's certain scientific properties you can use to look at this material, and it'll give you the concentration of sugar. So we would make the tools that do that. Or, for example, carbon dioxide. If you don't have enough, it's not very bubbly. You don't enjoy it too much. It blows up. That's also not great. Yeah, not great at all. So looking at the carbon dioxide content or oxygen content tells me what this material actually is like. So Anton Parr makes these tools for companies universities, people doing research to answer simple questions like how much carbon dioxide is it? Or more complex question to what the heck is silly putty? (laughs) (laughs) Then the real questions we need to be answering. Everyone's played with it, but it's interesting because it's bizarre. Yeah. Was it like target yesterday? And there was a whole category of just weird gooey materials. And I'm like, this is what I do every day. I just play with this stuff. (laughs) What are some of the company? I mean, you just mentioned Coca-Cola and you mentioned Procter & Gamble. What type of companies come to you? It sounds like from what you're saying is pretty much any kind of company that's making any type of food product or even non-food product that they need to know. There's a lot of things they need to know about this. And y'all would be the one that they can come to and say, hey, we need an instrument to be able to measure this. Right. I mean, it seems like you guys service a lot of different companies. You know, like variety, variety is your thing, right? I mean, Yes. So I, I use food because everyone can relate to food. I'm sure most people have had Coca-Cola at some point. Someone's had yogurt at some point. But we have a huge variation of technology that we cater to. Uh, another one that I'm pretty sure anyone listening is aware of is I'm sure you have some kind of like cell phone or computer screen. Now, anyone who's had one of these for five, 10 years, they got scratched all the time. A little less yeah. common now. Yeah. Looking at the scratch resistance of glass is something that we work with. So companies like Apple, for example, will literally take a very, very fine pin and keep applying more and more force to that pin, pushing down harder and harder while dragging and seeing how much force it takes to scratch the glass. Good formulation of glass, bad formulation of glass. Something that you have on your window, very different than something you have in your pocket. Oh, wow. 
cool man cool so you guys so you guys do that for apple in particular or yes yes Uh, along with other groups that is certainly something we do uh wide range of other companies plastics i talked about uh silly putty yeah (laughs) and think of a water bottle so a water bottle isn't just shaped that way right it's got to go through being a solid plastic melt it down shape it back up again that process is a little more complex than it sounds like on paper. The reason the water bottle looks nice is because someone did it right and it took a long time. <laughs> so looking at the viscoelasticity, the solid and liquid-like traits of plastic, you can shape it correctly and ultimately have a good product. Or maybe you're trying to make it eco-friendly. How do I get the same results given different materials? Awesome, okay. man. Awesome. It seems like you guys have a lot of cool uh, gadgets hanging out around here in Anton Bar. What is some of your? What is one of your favorite ones? I know this, you know, this oh, is going man. off a little bit off the beaten path. <laughs> but what is like one of your favorite ones? Like, what is the, the coolest that you've seen personally? Oh, the coolest that I've seen. So there, I'm, I'm going to do two different ends of the spectrum. One is a very simple tool, which I think is it's very important for a lot of like chemical companies, and it's called a flashpoint tester. Mm-hmm. And the idea on this is I have some chemical that has an unknown temperature at which it combusts or catches on fire. Literally, you heat it up until it catches on fire. But you know the exact temperature. So that one's very flashy. It's a bit of a pun. But, uh, <laughs> Flashpoint flashy. Yep, yeah. yep. Okay. So uh, that one's a, a very exciting but a simple measurement. Then there's more some that are much more complex. Uh, talking about plastics and viscoelasticity, I absolutely adore solid and liquid phase materials because that's what I've been working with. We have something called the high throughput rheometer. Rheometer is the tool that you use to study rheology, mm-hmm. uh, viscoelasticity. It is a robotic arm with the tool. And the robotic arm automatically loads and runs samples 24-7. So we also do robotics, and now we have this tool that is basically a human being on its own running scientific experiments. Wow. So a robot doing human things yeah it's uh what's it's running it's running tests something that a human could not continue to do over and over right yes oh, yes could not continue to do it over and over and over again but the robot can okay gotcha it, they don't need sleep yeah they don't really yes. cool trait <laughs> i heard they don't need to breathe either so that's also <laughs> or take lunch breaks. or take lunch breaks as well all right <laughs> the not breathing is actually important sometimes you gotta work with chemicals that have to be in an inert mm-hmm. environment no oxygen wow you know I was so just, i was just saying that to make a joke yeah. but it's actually a valid point <laughs> yeah wow okay he's answering all your jokes <laughs> All my jokes, right? With actual facts. Scientists are no fun. They think jokes are serious. Jeez. <laughs> Taking the mystery out of it. All right. So uh, we mentioned you came to the Life Ready Expo, um, and obviously you thought it was important to come and talk to us. So why does Anton Parr think it is important to build a relationship with their local CTE programs, more in particular, Henrico CTE program? Because obviously, Mike, we're from Henrico. The Life Ready uh, Expo was in Henrico County. We so think it's pretty important. We think it's pretty important, <laughs> yes. right? So why 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 is is it important for Anton Parr to build a relationship with Henrico CTE? So Anton Parr building a relationship with the local community is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, we're a very rapidly growing company, and as a result, we need people that are interested in the same things that we are, have the same goals that we are, to continue our growth. Uh, If you go back 15 years or so, we were actually new to the area, and we were just a handful of 20 people about. Now we're knocking on 300 in the United States, and keeping up with this growth for people that have the skill set is very, very challenging to find. So instilling that type of knowledge in a student early on is very important for us, basically kind of as a a seed for a future employee. And we do this now because we've seen that it works. We are actually doing an apprenticeship program kind of mirrored off of what we do at our main hub in Graz, Austria. 
That's where Arnold Schwarzenegger's from. They're very, very proud of that, by the way. Right. <laughs> might ask for your Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. That's, no, I'm just kidding. That's not. I, am, <laughs> I know you can't see through the through the voice here, but I'm not nearly that uh, robust. <laughs> not as much mass in scientific. Terms. No, exactly. <laughs> not as enough mass. There we go. Rashawn's getting on this. There you go. So, <laughs> uh, what they do is they basically look for new machinists, uh, at people who are 15 years old, and finding these types of students who are interested in this right off the bat and then oh, want man. to grow with the company is huge for us. On top of that, we also, by nature, are a company that likes giving back. We're actually owned by a charitable foundation which is very interesting because it means that the company can't be bought or sold. I'm sure you hear all the time like, oh yeah, Google bought a new company. We, we can't be bought by the big Google. We are Anton Parr. We always will be Anton Parr. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw that that happened back in the, in the 80s. Is that what I saw when that happened, when the charitable foundation was formed over top of the, this company? Yes, so it's called the Santner Foundation. Now, we'll actually do a brief history lesson. Anton Parr was actually a person. He is a, or was a locksmith, and in 1922 founded a company. He was a great machinist. His uh, family, his daughters in particular, were also fabulous machinists at a time where women weren't really doing this kind of work. Right. And uh, through a couple of family changes, a couple marriages, where we were owned by the Santners, and now owned by the Santner Foundation, which is a charitable foundation that helps people and the families of people with uh, drug addiction, post-drug addiction. Oh, wow. So, substance abuse is something that we've always been trying to uh, aid with, and we also just in general have been involved in the community and our next step, at least in the United States, was to let's help high school students find careers, find things they enjoy and become a bigger part of where we live. All right. That was the piece I couldn't find. I was really looking. For, <laughs> I knew about the, 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 the foundation. I wasn't sure what they were doing. And but that's that's great to hear. That's yeah, awesome. It's great to hear. Great to hear. On the topic of finding students, what kind of students are you guys looking for in particular? That is a fantastic question. So we are looking for this uh, fabulous apprenticeship program. And it's a it's a three year apprenticeship followed by potentially a lifelong career. So first and foremost, we're looking for students that are really interested, not just making a quick buck, but but students that are interested in the potentiality of really working for something bigger, something greater, developing their skills further, and potentially becoming a bigwig in the scientific community, even without the same formal training that someone like I had. So I spent years and years in college. These students, given the right opportunities, could be putting themselves in a position to be talking with Cornell professors could be talking on stage, talking about their research. They could be working with some of the most complex machinery. So students that want the ability to grow. For the more, I guess, um, characteristics of that student short term, though, we're looking for rising seniors, interested in the STEM fields, of course, where science, where technology, and uh, good communication skills. This is something that I found is an incredibly unique mixture, which is that scientists who can iterate what they just did Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very complicated mixture for some reason. is Because uh, scientists, a lot of times, just like pen on paper, pen on paper. But having that uh, upbeat personality, the ability to communicate, uh-huh. in a way, is so much bigger than saying, I know how to do an equation or two. So really, the main thing is, I can communicate, friendly person, and want to learn. You don't have to come in here knowing quantum mechanics by any means that would be right. uh, way more than anyone would expect for a high school student or even any employee here but the ability to learn on the fly is huge right. because there's always something new here so you mentioned there's a three it's three years in, in in the apprenticeship correct what will they be learning in, the, in those three years great great question so the three-year process is 
one of two things. So there's actually a small uh, summer program where you get a chance to learn more about the company and ultimately decide which of these two, I guess, tracks you'd be interested in. The two main tracks, one of which would be what we call our service engineers, more of the nuts and bolts of it all, doing physical repairs of the instrument. So these students would be learning about the instrumentation, how it actually functions, and then when something goes wrong, how do I fix it? Right. And if a company calls saying, I have this technology, can you come here and do it? So these students would potentially have the ability to be traveling around the area or even nationally, internationally, working with some of the biggest groups uh, around the country, fixing up some of the most uh, unique instrumentation you can find anywhere. The other track a bit closer to my heart is actually how I started with the company as a product specialist or someone who works more on the scientific end of the technology. And they would be learning the same skills as to this is what this technology does, this is the science behind it, now I want to describe to whoever's using it how to use it best and what the science actually means. So when we talk about something going back to, to yogurt, I love yogurt as an example. <laughs> Viscoelasticity. Uh, Somebody didn't have breakfast. Viscoelasticity. Yeah, I tried to say it right right there. Yeah, so yogurt. The yogurt that you get in the store always has roughly the same consistency. It's done right. But if I try to say I'm putting cherry in it or apricot or maybe a different ingredient like different kind of pectin or gelatin it's going to change it now i have to use viscoelasticity to describe what happened well i have this tool that does that i don't necessarily know what i'm doing with that tool i don't know what the data means having the scientists at anton parr we're going to talk with your yo play or whatnot and make sure this goes right and we can make a, a bigger question out of it when i'm making my uh, eco-friendly plastics where i'm changing something major about this huge process right but I want the same product. I want my, my customer in the end to still have that same bottle to fill with Coca-Cola to then measure the carbon dioxide content of. <laughs> cool, it sounds like a wide variety of jobs available there at Anton Parr. So just kind, of, just kind of go with me over, I guess, the career ladder that's possible for one of these students coming through the program. So you start out as this, and then you could possibly end up as this, this, or that. Oh, there, there's so much this, this, or that. It's absolutely uh, <laughs> incredible. So the actual apprenticeship program is three years, which you would then start as an associate uh, product specialist or service engineer, depending on where your interests lie. Uh, so there's already a bit of flexibility. Once you've done that, you'll actually have the ability to go to go back to school, finish up your bachelor's. Part of the apprenticeship program is we're actually giving you an associate's degree. So the three years is one year senior year, two years while you're uh, getting your associates on us through John Tyler. And then you can have the ability to go back, finish up your bachelor's. If that is something you desire to do, your options are limitless. Uh, you can evolve to a more complex role into more complex repairs, more complex scientific skills or even to the uh, president and CEO. He was an apprentice back in Austria when he was 15, and now he runs the entireties of the United States, South America, Canada, the, what we call the Americas. You think we can get an interview with him next, Mike? Start the email train. Start the email train. He should be here somewhere. <laughs> Is he really? <laughs> oh, we don't have to travel. Yeah, he's local. Shoot, I thought we were going to get to travel. Oh, man, right. <laughs> Hey, you want to go see one of our other offices? You can go travel around a bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is this the only office in the United States? That's a great question. So there's actually uh, five. Five, okay. Th this is our main hub for sales, support, and service. There's also smaller hubs in Chicago, Houston, and Los Angeles. If a, a student was working here for three years, they'd have the potentiality to move to any of those if they desired. Gotcha. Then there's also a fifth location in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida, near uh, West Palm Beach. And this is actually one of our production facilities. So that's one of the locations we're actually building the instruments uh, that's for a specific product line that gets the surface area of complex materials. Mm -hmm. So think like a sponge. What's the surface area of a sponge? 
Oh, he's asking. Actually, asking. Oh, he's asking oh, you. Look at me. More of a thought question, but what's Sarah a sponge? It's it's big. Yeah. There's there's all these little pores in there. You want to know what that is? Now, why does that question matter? Again, everyone's got a cell phone, right? right. Cell phone battery life seems to be getting longer and longer and longer. The surface area of the battery, you can think of the battery as a teeny tiny sponge. The larger it is, the more electricity it can hold, the more electrons it can hold, the better it will perform. Everyone yeah. nods their head and agrees. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're talking about layers. Yeah. Your, the battery is, in, yeah. is built in layers. Built in layers. So teeny tiny bubbles in there you can right. think of it almost so as. It's, it's physical space on the phone is a fraction of the total size of the phone. But if you were to, able to stretch it completely out, exactly. it would be wow. times larger exactly. than the phone. Exactly. exactly. Thank, thanks, thanks for making that one a Light, like, hey. visual over the radio. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He did a good job of describing it right there. Light bulb moment right there. Yeah. Basically, if you have a, a block of battery, just a solid solid block your surface area is well hopefully maybe the geometry here you got the surfaces you just add them all together but if you have holes in it then all of a sudden it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and if these holes are very very small and interdispersed more and more then you have a huge surface area and, and that means your battery is going to last a very very, very long, long time. time right yep all right cool um what uh are, what, would you consider some of the jobs available are you familiar with the 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 term that's been banging around for a couple of years uh uh, new collar is that something that y'all are familiar with and something <laughs> so <laughs> that is the first time i heard it and i okay. went to a colleague and he's like nope that's new <laughs> <laughs> but it's really a new collar right new new collar it's, right? it's <laughs> new but it's an incredibly important term as soon as i like read the definition i'm like this is fantastic because this is the way that careers are everywhere uh, basically you have to have some technical skill and hands-on skill for pretty much anything you do shy of working on like wall street right and I think what really drove home the point of this is after I thought about the term, I remember a friend of mine who's in a school to be an automo automotive mechanic. And we were walking around, he turns on a light, and he turns on a little brighter, and he turns on a little brighter. It's one of those lights that go click, click, click. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's like, I just learned about this same thing in automotive school. It's called potentiometer. Depending on where it's positioned, you have a larger current going through, more power going through, and the light's on brighter. You have four different settings. Science. I see that in the car all the time. <laughs> so even something like I'm doing traditional automotive repairs, you still need to have some kind of technical background. And Anton Parr, I think, is the epitome of that because it's this huge amount of technical knowledge around there. But every day I'm still working with my hands. May it be I'm doing a repair. I'm working with some instrument, loading a sample, or uh, I just move my hands around a lot when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see it. It's fine. Oh, okay, no, good. I'm just kidding. It's I do that too. I do that too. I do do that too. But so basically, it sounds like you guys are the definition of what's called new collar. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I ran into it maybe over a year ago. Um, the CEO at, at IBM, I think they coined the term, and I think it, apply, it, it applies so well because so many people, they're just used to, you know, the traditional white and blue mm -hmm. you know white collar blue collar and that's it you know if you're white collar if you went to college and you're working in an office you're blue collar if you're turning wrenches and it's not that anymore no. there's so much that you don't need you, you might need some college you might not need any to not be turning wrenches or you are or you maybe even turning wrenches but you still need the college degree it just depends on the training that you have and so many businesses are looking for even if you did go to college and they've got two applicants one one of them's got some actual experience, some technical experience, and the other one doesn't. Both of them have a degree. They're going to pick over the. They're going to look at the one that's got the technical experience already because that's less time for them to get them in position. Yeah, less, yeah. less training they need. 
Yeah, I already had some. I already had some time to actually get that real, real world experience. Oh yeah, exactly, hundred oh, percent. Which uh, is what we're offering is that hands-on, real world experience when the students are coming through our programs. Right. Spent six years learning physics, or more than that. That's just like the college years and the grad graduate years. One of my questions here was, could you turn a wrench? But almost exactly that. Uh, even though I'm describing these complex tools, who's going to actually put them in place and set them up? Right still the same person you have to have these skills uh, yeah. and the the practical is some things that a lot of people miss when they go to college which is for the good and the bad of it college gives you fantastic skills but often you miss the how does a wrench work and everyone's right. doing that <laughs> well we're, the actual for, application of those well, skills too we'll talk to a student that you know so what are you, you know what are you going to do oh well, i'm going to you know when you go to college what is your plan oh, i'm going to be a mechanical engineer well what exactly are you going to do i'm going to design cars do you think you might want to take an automotive class well, what would I want to do that for? Right. Why wouldn't you? Well, because that's not what I'm going to do. Wouldn't you want to know how they work before you start it's, designing it, it them? It certainly can help. I how mean, to repair on. them. You know, if, if, if I buy another car that somebody jammed the battery under the headlight assembly and it takes me two hours to get to it, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he's kidding, guys. He's kidding. No, I'm kidding. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's kidding. He's yeah. totally kidding. So uh, we, getting back on track, guys. Trying to reel it back in here. Trying to reel it back Too in late. here. Went off on a tangent. Uh, would you say that uh, the you know designing this apprenticeship program is maybe a response to a, a deficit that may be growing in you guys' industry? So definitely in part. There, there's no denying that finding qualified people in the sciences is a big challenge at this point, and we just see that deficit growing throughout time. But more so, it's giving back to the community because it's something that our company essentially is founded on, which right. is charitable organization, charitable organization giving opportunities to those who might not necessarily have them otherwise. And it's also been a template of success. We've seen it work very well from our, I guess, parent company in Graz, Austria, to the point where our current CEO was one of them. And we see that their machinists are bar none some of the best, not only in our company, but in the world. We have people come to us just for machining. Right. Because our apprentice machiners, who then become full machinists, are some of the best anywhere. So it's, yes, we need the, the skill sets here, but our company firmly believes in this works well. And we want to get the opportunity to have students who might not get these elsewhere. Right. So good outreach program in itself as well. Well, you know, we see the, we see on a regular basis, read about it on a regular basis, not just our own experiences. It's happening all over the country where it doesn't matter whether you're in the nursing field or the IT or just, or the trades we are suffering from deficits of people, young people getting into those fields and they're having trouble filling them across the board. There's not enough people getting into those areas and, um, so it's important that the students get exposure to companies like this and be able to, before they graduate high school, so they can, you know, have some contact, find out what it is they need to do. So if this is a company they would love to go work for, what do they need to do to prepare, right. you know, before mm -hmm. they finish high school so that they're ready to go to college, ready to go straight into to work with them through their apprenticeship program, which then gets them college. You know, why wouldn't you go that route where you're getting that taken care of? Right. Because, I mean, the older people, are they're, they're not like the robots. They're going to expire eventually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so we need some folks well, to come in and yeah, take the, the boomers. Keep, the, keep there's the, that term, the boomers. The boomers. They're, they're oh, retiring yeah, the boomers in are massive retiring. numbers. Yeah, they're retiring in massive numbers. People. And we need younger folks to come in and take those spots. So on that topic, uh, we're going to allow you to be a little bit critical here. What do oh, you man. think? <laughs> what do you think that the schools, you know, schools in general could possibly could do better to attract more kids to jobs, maybe at Anton Parr and other fields? as well 
So I think the the main thing that a lot of students, I guess, assume they need is just college. It's just the assumption that was made. And I, I was out of high school myself not too long ago, 10, 15 years ago. And it was just the assumption I'd go to college. There was no other thought. Plus, the recession hit real hard. So it's like, it's my only choice anyway. <laughs> but modern college, I think of a modern college like 10 years later, I think of it as like the $100,000 gamble. You go to college, you are giving all this money with the expectation that you're going to come out with some fabulous job, which is, yes, you have a lot of doors open, but it's not necessarily the guarantee. Right. And on top of that, if you don't have the full plan on, I want to study business or psychology for this specific reason, you're taking a bigger gamble. So college is a gamble, and that's something that I don't think a lot of students necessarily see. Now, the big thing that I think high school CTE programs can really emphasize is the immediate and long-term benefits of a more direct route. Right. As I said right in the beginning, the guy drew the line straight one point to another squiggly line. College, by definition, is a squiggle. It you're is. not immediately getting into the career that you're doing. And I, I even had a very straight college experience, and even then, it was a squiggle. Working with a company that has offering you free school guaranteed job and guaranteed skills for that job is as direct of a route as you can get, which means I'm saving money now, possibly making money now. And if I'm successful in what I'm doing, making more money in the future than I would if I'd gone to college. There are a lot of people here who, because they're just so ingrained in what they do, there's no second thought they're going to be successful in a new uh, endeavor with Anton Parr. Right. And that's from experience, not from college. Man, you know what? And, and and you come out with a job, dude. Like yes. that's a, like at the end of the day, at the very basis of this, you come out it, uh, with a job. Because yeah, everybody thinks, you know, when I graduate college, I'm going to come out with a job. Says who? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how it works. I can tell you that uh, from experience, man. You got to grind. You got to get some type of internships or some type of connection somewhere in order to, to even land a job. Well, um, a lot of students school. are waiting till they're done before they start doing that, and that's too late. Yep. They're gonna. They're basically putting a huge gap before they actually get to start their career. And then, is, did they take the right pro? Were they taking the, on the right track in college? Are they taking the classes that are gonna get, be able to get them a job? You know, you got to watch what you. Your degree is going to be uh, in it's, changing majors. Yeah, oh, exactly. You know, oh yeah, how much yeah, longer? Yeah, get the ones that you, you they ended up changing because they their, their route they found out something. Oh, I'm going the wrong direction. Now you got to start all over again. It costs even more money, and it's, and then you're you know it's not just six figures. It's well into the six figures. Yeah, <laughs> well into it. And right, are you going right, to be right. able to? Yeah, and and when you get out, are you working at Starbucks? Going, how am I going to pay my loans? Oh, loans. Yeah, loans, yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm dealing with those now. That's a better topic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Keep, that's a gamble. You keep reading about how bad it's getting, and they're talking now. It used to be the, the six-figure colleges were the ones that if you're going to be a doctor and a lawyer. Not, right. not, that's not what they're saying is going to happen really soon. Yeah. You're talking about just, you know, you go to a college. And you, you're not going to be a doctor, not going to be a lawyer. You're gonna, you could look at six figures in the near future. And when the first one, and they said when the first one does it, everybody's going to jump and follow. So it's, it, it's scary stuff. Oh, really? Did you, did you have anything to ask? I mean, because I was about to bring the show to a close, honestly. Oh, really? We're going to skip all of my best questions? No, I'm just Look, I mean, hey, if you got them, if you got them. <laughs> I mean, we're already running almost on 40 minutes. So I was oh, we're like, all that yeah, far? Yeah. yeah we're okay. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> so, cool. All right, cool. So, all right. So, Dalton, kind of to bring it uh, home, as it were, what are some things that students can do if they do uh, want to gain employment here at Anton Parr? So, uh, I 
by the way, thank you very much for that question because this is very much uh, my, my, my pitch in the end is trying to get people to, to join in with this fabulous <laughs> company. And that is, um, we have an open house at our main facility, again, just south that Bass Pro Shop uh, that you see on 95, uh, on January 15th, 6.30 p.m. And this is your opportunity to learn more about the company, learn more about the opportunities within it, and physically see all the fun, what I call fun science toys that are here. We have anything from the Flashpoint sets stuff on fire to x-ray sources where you're actually looking at the small scale materials that can't be seen with the microscope and a lot of stuff in between. Beyond that, we're going to have our open application, which should be posted very, very soon. Uh, our applications are going to be due uh, mid-February, I believe February 13th. From there, we're going to be picking a handful, hopefully looking for the, the most uh, unique applicants that we can find to join in on this apprenticeship journey and become a really strong member of this community. Okay. So basically, we'll, everybody, the listeners, y'all should be um, looking for those links. I'm sure they will get the links to us and we will make sure that they're included in the comments. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, I've been reaching out to a lot of different people I've met at various career days and they will be getting those links sent to them. For those of you that have not had the chance to uh, meet myself or someone else from Anton Parr, hopefully you'll be able to find that information. It'll be on our website, certainly. We'll have a uh, little application point for students, and that will be your your link to uh, applying. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dalton, for taking time out of your busy, busy day to come and talk to us. And uh, sounds like you guys have some really, really good opportunities to offer students um, here in the local Richmond um, area, specifically Henrico County students for the for the particular. start but the you know the sky's the limit once they get here hey sky's the limit once they get here sky is the limit once they get here <laughs> want to remind you guys check us out on social media twitter facebook instagram and youtube at the handle Henrico cte also check out our website Henrico cte.com mike tell them where they can find the podcast you can find the podcast on spotify uh google uh apple and all of your major podcast venues yeah we got you covered anywhere you want to listen however you want to listen you can listen to Henrico cte now now okay <laughs> all right guys uh for dalton eckert for mike roberts i'm rashawn garnett this has been henrico cte now thank you guys so much for joining us until next time so long everyone <laughs>